In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear sons and daughters, I don't know if this question has ever appeared to your mind where you say to yourself, what's going on out there? What's happening in the world? Or maybe you have become more deeply introspective and said, who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? Now, I wish to give you some philosophical and theological aid. I would ask you to remember this quotation, and don't worry, I'll record the sermon, and the same line is printed in the bulletin from the fantastic theologian Frank Sheed, who wrote this very insightful sentence when he said, The habituation of the mind to the fact that infinite existence is also a someone is a key to understanding reality. The habituation of the mind to the fact that infinite existence is also a someone is the key to understanding reality. Now that can be a very daunting sentence because how do I habituate my mind to infinite existence? Infinite existence is God as such, right? Remember, God is not the supreme being God is being. God is not the first thing to come into existence. God is existence. Now you are a being. You have existence, but limited. So how do we habituate our mind to infinite existence? Well, it's the fact that that infinite existence is also a someone. How am I to come to know infinite existence as a someone? Well, praise be God for salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle St. John can say, you have to believe in the name of the only Son of God. Because the name of Jesus Christ is the name of infinite existence who is a someone. And that someone speaks. And that someone reveals and shows. And yes, we are here to worship God in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the salvation he won on the cross, but is to be mindful that Jesus Christ doesn't win salvation on the cross and say, way to go, me, you have salvation, see you later in heaven, have fun working it out in this mad world. Before he ascends into heaven, Jesus Christ says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit which is the summation of all the various points in his life. I'm not going to do a categorical listing of all the places in sacred scripture where our Lord Jesus Christ mentions the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? The Father and I are one. The Spirit will take from what is mine and give it to you. So the revelation of the Trinity is given and then enumerated specifically so that you and I now can habituate our minds to infinite existence who is someone as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the notion now that we approach infinite existence not as a static cosmic notionality, but as a true redemption in our own personhood. Not a static reality, but a distinction of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who have perfect possession of the infinite existence of God. 
Remember, they do not share. It's not like God the Father has a part of God and God the Son has a part of God and God the Holy Spirit. No, God the Father possesses distinctly as himself the whole reality of God. God the Son possesses distinctly of himself the whole reality of God. God the Holy Spirit descends distinctly himself the whole reality of God. And it is that one nature of God that gives them their roles. Now you might say, that's all well and good. How does that make any practical sense to me? So I'll try to make it simple. Yes, you can read great philosophical books. I have some recommendations in the bulletin. However, I give you some simple keys to comprehending reality. Say regularly the prayer, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Before you leave Mass, kneel down in the pew and say, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit and go on your way. After you say your meal prayer, say glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. When you say the rosary, it's built right in. So it's nice and simple and easy. Secondly, make the sign of cross conscientiously, right? The Catholic Church has built a habituation of the mind to the fact that infinite existence is also a someone right into your daily prayers. Everybody learns how to say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Which is a confession of that reality. I am saved from my sins by the cross, but I am also saved calling to a high knowledge of reality as it is. I am saved from my sins, and as St. Paul says, I can encourage one another and have peace with one another because I can acknowledge reality as such in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. I'm not done yet, by the way. I have a few more minutes, right? But you're habituated. See, you are. Why do I make the sign of the cross at the start of Mass, at the end of Mass, at the start of the homily, at the end of the homily? Hey, let's get back to reality. The world as we know it is passing away. We white-knuckle death grip onto it. But that is not reality. And it is important we understand this because it is an immense social impact. Because when you start to habituate your mind this way, you start to understand how you are made in the image and likeness of God. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you will, God, lover, beloved, and love. Try this exercise. You are in the image of God because you are you know you are, you love that you are. Or if you're having trouble saying, I don't know if I love myself, you appreciate that you are. That is how you and I are in the image and likeness of God. And then you come to a quick social understanding that so is everybody else. Therefore, I cannot tolerate a defacing of the image of God in myself. I know that consciously as a Christian, so I cannot sin, I must not nor can I tolerate it in another. I must stand up for justice, not because it is the social thing to do, but because it is reality. I cannot tolerate the defaming of another person, not because it's the culturally nice thing to do, but because it is reality. My next-door neighbor can be a Minnesota Vikings fan. I will never wear his colors. I will never sing his ridiculous chant, all right? If you know the skull, I don't know why they cry out chewing tobacco all the time at Minnesota Vikings football games, but they do. Right? 
but I cannot hate him. I am duty-bound to love him because he has the image and likeness of God. And hopefully by that example, you're keying into the notion that there are greater differences in humanity than who likes the Packers and who likes the Vikings. In our reality, distinction leads to separation. The reality is that distinction leads to communion. And it is our joyful duty to renew our minds in reality day by day, to struggle against the unreality of hatred and injustice, and to bring that peace into our hearts in simple ways by constantly confessing the Trinity. Last point. At the Mass, before I go to say the, the Eucharistic prayer, we always say what's called the preface, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts and lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And then the priest says a long prayer. Forever and ever and ever there was on the Sundays of ordinary time, so meaning not Easter, not Christmas, not Advent, not Lent, all those other times, it was the preface of the Holy Trinity so that the Christian faithful would be able to habituate their minds. So we're going to have what I might call the Summer of Reality. That's a bad title. I'll work on a better one. But every Sunday I will say the preface of the Blessed Trinity so that I myself and perhaps we all together can habituate our minds to the fact that infinite existence is also a someone and that peace can bring a radical unity amongst all the children of God in the confession of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.